The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Okay. Today, we're going to finish our discussion centered around full funnel marketing. In our last episode, Eric Huberman, who is the founder and CEO of Hawk Media, a plug-and-play marketing consultancy, walked us through Hawk Media's approach to creating expectations, campaign evaluation, and nurturing leads. If you missed that episode, I highly recommend you go back and give it a listen. That said, in the second part of our conversation with Eric, he's going to tell us how Hawk Media looks at developing marketing funnels for their clients how they create credibility for brands, and how they allocate budgets between proven and test marketing channels. Here's the second part of our interview with Eric Huberman from Hawk Media. How do you break down the funnel? Let's use e-commerce as an example, right? I'm selling a physical product. It's a fashion brand t-shirt. Yeah. And somebody comes to my website, they look, they don't give me their email address, they don't sign up. There are different stages in their buying cycle. How would you think about the marketing funnel? If they don't sign up, they don't give me an email address, and they end up going down, you know, it'd be, again, reinforcing why they should buy through advertisement. They already know who you are. So going back at them with like, hey, we're Hawk Media, it'd be more like, here are the reasons why you should reconsider working with us. Like, because they left doesn't mean they're not interested. They could have just been rushed out. So it's more of a reminder. They already know about you. So now take that step further to really articulate the different value propositions and the different benefits as to why they should buy your product or service. So... If it's a shoe company, here's how cool our shoes look, more pictures of shoes. Here's the celebrities that are wearing them. Again, that third-party validation. Here's the reason we exist. So the mission-driven type of people. So people have different reasons they buy. Different value propositions resonate with different people. So presenting each one very concisely, but one at a time, you're going to get different people to purchase at different points because of those. So it sounds like the mission-driven retargeting. Here's the reason why the company has a point of view. Product-driven showing here's just more examples of the product and how great it looks. Social proof, here's a celebrity that's using the product. Did I miss anything else? No, those are examples. I mean, every company, again, is different. So like with us, we may use case studies, we may use success stories, we may use testimonials, we may use all sorts of different tactics to be like, hey, you really should be working with us. But if it's a fashion company, it's more about building a lifestyle in different ways that people are like, okay, I really need to get that pair of shoes. Understood. So you mentioned before the idea of building some social proof. 
Talk to me about the strategy for the third part of the funnel that you've laid out. Yeah. So traditionally, and this actually is a good point to bring up, we did a lot of influencer marketing when influencers were helping build a lot of credibility. The problem is it became so oversaturated. And now with the FTC regulations, there's just no credibility or authenticity there. So building content on site really helps because if you can show yourself as an expert in your field, people feel a lot better. And what I mean by that is like from a B2B standpoint or a SaaS standpoint, like if we're constantly publishing marketing documents, white papers and things that really help people, it helps show like we do know what we're talking about. So people feel more comfortable working with us. With a fashion brand, if you're putting out really interesting style guides and lifestyle guides that really fit with your customer, again, they'll trust you that you're making good products because you obviously have a knowledge for the type of person they are. So content on sites becoming more and more important and a lot easier to manage than this influencer piece. But things like endorsement deals still work because actual celebrities still drive credibility to a brand. So that's a big piece. Press is awesome. You know, getting some good pieces about you in the publications that write about your industry always help to show like, hey, we've been validated by a real publication. That, again, gives people that little bit more trust. Awards are great. Submitting for awards. Like there's, it just depends on your business. Everything's different. But the idea is showing that other people have already gone through the process of figuring out if they can trust you and they do and they're credible people that you trust. So it's almost a transfer of trust. Again, the people don't trust influencers anymore. So you're not really getting a transfer of trust. But in other ways, there's ways to do that. So I'm interested, you mentioned one of the key strategies for building credibility is to create your own content. Publishing your content on your properties only gets you so far. What are you doing to take the content, the white papers and the blog posts that you're creating to distribute them? So a few things. One, back to the nurturing side, we definitely send emails out saying, here's some content, here's some stuff to share with you, et cetera. We use that content in our advertising. A lot of times we'll just advertise the fact that we have this white paper that we put out and you should check it out. And if we can help you, let us know. And then partnering with outlets. So I write for Entrepreneur Forbes. I published an article on Adweek today. So a lot of the content I'm creating and a lot of the opinions I'm developing, I'll put out through other publications, not just our own content on site. And that just makes us look credible. I understand for a brand like Hawk Media, where have been successful and have built up credibility. And so you're able to go and publish articles in Forbes and AdAge. For companies that are just starting out or people that don't have the level of influence that you have, tell me a little bit about what you'd suggest for them distributing their content. If you're running a business in the industry and you are doing a good job, you already deserve that credibility. So if you've built a fashion brand and it's amazing, fashion publications are going to want to hear from you. If you're building a good service business and actually know how to provide those services, which again, back to the very beginning, most agencies don't. But if you do a good job, your reputation is going to get out there pretty quickly. And it's just about putting yourself out there. But again, it's also start with your own content. I mean, I wrote on our own blog almost every day until I started hiring people and then had other people write so that we had content going out every day for a long time before I started writing for other publications. And then frankly, my first real contributing writing was I moved into the same building as the Santa Monica Daily Press, which is an awesome local paper, but it's a very small local paper. And I asked if I could interview a uh, local entrepreneur once a week for him. And they said, absolutely, go for it. And that was the start of that side of my career. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. 
Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. So talk to me about analytics. And once you sort of have gone through finding who your prospects are, nurtured them, shown them social proof, how do you understand what's converting and think about driving ROI? How do you optimize? So analytics, the nice thing, like we, again, want to track for everything. Google Analytics is a great first glance into a business and what's going on, especially if you make sure to set everything up right. You're tagging the different sources. And I don't want to speak too complexly, but there's something called UTM codes. If you Google it, you can see how to create them. But it basically gives you the chance for every link you put out there. It tells Google Analytics exactly what the source and medium in terms of like, it's from Facebook and it's a PPC campaign or whatever it is. So you can track exactly where your sources are coming from so you can see a little deeper. Then sometimes we'll use deeper analytics tools like glue.io that helps us track that longer tail in case the purchase cycle is beyond what we can track through a platform like Facebook, etc. Which, as an example, Facebook only tracks conversions up to 28 days. If you have higher than a 28-day purchase cycle, it's going to be misleading. So we set up a custom dashboard that has all the KPIs we care about, ROI, etc., clicks, conversions, revenue, spend, etc., so that we're watching those and then it's about the details. Like once we set up a campaign that overall is running in the right direction, watching each advertisement, each target we're targeting, each picture we're using or photograph or banner ad, each piece of copy we're using and optimizing consistently to get a better and better and better ROI. That's the game here. And while we're doing that, we're also usually testing with 10 to 20% of the budget to continue to try to find other channels that we can go down, whether it's other targets, other completely different marketing channels, depending on the size of the budget so that we don't spread too thin. But we're constantly trying to find those new pieces because things change and ebb and flow constantly. And you want to diversify. Just like an investment portfolio, you have to diversify your marketing spends. I think that's a great tip where you have 80% of your budget invested in channels that you know work, but you're spending 10 to 20% trying to cultivate new channels. Yeah. And it's, again, it goes really in line with like investing in blue chip stock and having 20% high flying risks because if it goes away, oh, well, but if you succeed there, it could be a great benefit. So talk to me about your goals for the company. Where are you? What are you trying to achieve? Yeah. You know, we're, again, 130 people, which is pretty in line with revenue is about a 13 million run rate. Kind of how it's been the entire time we've been in business, about 100 grand ahead. So for the next four years, we'd like to be a $100 million business. Uh, it's less than doubling year over year the next four years, basically. We've over doubled every year up until now. So slowing that down slightly, but still very rapid growth and at a different scale. So it's a, frankly a lot harder. 
But that's the goals we've set out. And to do that, we have a lot of things going into the business. We have our core business, which is what we spoke to. We're also developing kind of a self-serve marketing platform we'll be launching soon that the idea is you can go in and just get like a very bite-sized piece of what we do. So like, I just need an email designed so you don't have to hire a month-to-month expert. You're just getting like one very specific service, which allows these really small businesses to work with us on just filling holes and what they need on bandwidth. So building that, but also building the exact other side of our business, which is more of an enterprise offering. We've partnered with a few pretty all-star CMOs, and we're going to be inserting them in companies for six months to a year using our resources and help along with some marketing data partners and really building out and turning around a lot of like large enterprise companies that are having trouble keeping up from a marketing perspective. We're actually going to probably be expanding into Europe beginning of next year. So it's starting to lay the groundwork there. Uh, really have built out an executive team that we're rounding out over the next month. We have some amazing directors on the marketing side of the business, but bringing in some gray hairs, so to speak, to help us become an adult. My uh, head of partnership said to me a great line today that is totally true is we're in puberty right now and we're becoming an adult. So we're in our little awkward phase where we've been a really cool scrappy agency and now we're growing up to really systematize things, really make things replicable. And it's been interesting. It's got all the uh, metaphors of puberty that you would expect. So that's kind of where the business is right now. And on top of that, we've been lucky enough to have this venture capital arm that we've been able to invest in a lot of really successful companies and be partners in through sweat equity and a lot of really cool organizations. That's kind of the all-encompassing scene of the business. Really goes down to, though, really want to be the number one marketing partner to all size businesses in the world. That's the goal. It sounds like from an organizational perspective, you're starting to see some changes, aren't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we do every year, to be honest. We went from zero to 17 in the first year, 17 to 35 the second year, 35 to 65 the third year, 65 to 120 the fourth year. Every year, we've had to make huge shifts in the way the organization interacts and how it operates. And this year is no different. But it's a bigger and bigger change just because the bigger you are, the bigger those changes affect just so much more. My partner said something very poignant to me a while ago. I'm a yes guy. When people ask me for stuff, I just I like to give full autonomy. So if someone's saying, like, can I do this or can I do that? I err on the side of saying yes, but he stopped me because he's like, when you say yes to an employee from now on, remember you're saying yes 130 times. <laughs> so it's good advice. Took a pause there. It, it definitely changes a little bit, but what's nice is that we're fortunate enough to have the culture has been very similar. The type of people we have, we're very careful who we hire and what types of people from both a work ethic perspective and an intelligence perspective, as well as just a culture fit, a personality fit. So it's fun because you see things, you know, there was a birthday party for one of employees like a week ago. I was invited. I showed up and like 40 of the people on the team were there for Friday evening after work. So they like each other, which is a really nice thing to see. Did everybody leave when the boss shows up? Pretty much. <laughs> no, it's funny because like the specific employee knows me pretty well and has been with us a long time. So they're not awkward about it. But there were some new employees there that were kind of like, oh, hi. And I'm used to it. It's my fifth business. So I always know I'm that guy. But and generally try to let them do their own thing. But it wouldn't have been surprising if you ducked out. <laughs> so it sounds like you're working with a fair amount of junior level people that are new in their career. And I asked this to everyone on the podcast, what advice would you have to someone that's new in marketing, starting their career to help sort of shape the direction that they should go and get into the MarTech field? Something I've seen really cool that a lot of our really good employees do is do something on the side that builds your knowledge have fun with it. Like if you don't enjoy what you do professionally, you're going to hate life and be bad at it anyways. So like if you're getting into marketing, I hope you actually enjoy marketing. And if you enjoy marketing, 
go launch a product on Shopify, go do some drop shipping. You know, if you want to get into social marketing, go build some influencer Instagram channels, whatever it is, go learn how to do it for yourself. Because you're going to be so much more valuable to other people. Like that's how we built this company was I had done it for myself. And now our top sales guy owns his own men's swimwear line, just as an example. So when he talks to a business owner about marketing with us, he's actually using us. He knows how we work intimately and he knows why they need us. So really easy sale. Then you go to the the marketing side. And when you're talking about running certain ads or increasing budgets or everything, you've been through it. So it's like, listen, you can speak to someone with like, I know, I understand, but you can make recommendations based on real knowledge, not just theoretical outcomes. Last question for you. Is there anyone you're trying to meet, anything you'd like to promote? Uh, How can the people listening to this podcast get a hold of you? Really open. I love meeting people, love helping. So whether I can help you as a business or I can help you personally, I'm happy to connect. It's really easy to find me. It's just slash or at Eric Huberman on any social media channel. So it's E-R-I-K-H-U-B-E-R-M-A-N. So feel free to reach out. And sorry if I don't get back right away. I do get bombarded, but I usually am pretty good about responding. Great. Eric from Hawk Media, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you as well. Okay. That wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Eric Huberman for joining us. If you're interested in learning more about Eric or Hawk Media, you can go to hawkmedia.com. That's H-A-W-K-E media.com. If you'd like to read the transcript of this podcast, we've published it on our website, martechpod.com. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thank you very much. We want you to feel like a member of our community. So if you have questions, comments, or you'd like to be a guest on the show, feel free to reach out to me directly at podcast at benjshap.com or on LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook. Our handle is LLC. If you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, welcome to the show. We've got some great episodes lined up for you in the next few weeks. Okay. That's it for today, but until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.